Campaign season is in full swing for school board elections this fall across Minnesota. What's on the line and a look at a voter guide that aims to make your decision much easier this November. Next. Christine Troyan is the executive director of Minnesota Parents Alliance. Thank you, Christine, for joining me as we focus on what's at stake this off year. I'm sure it doesn't seem like an off year to you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, No, it is not. It's not a quiet year, that's for sure. I know we spoke to you many months ago now, Christine, but but explain again the, the mission uh, behind Minnesota Parents Alliance. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I've been talking about missions a lot lately and not just ours. Um, I think missions matter. So our organization, our mission is to educate and empower Minnesotan families to be strong advocates for academic achievement, equality, and parental rights. I think that those three themes really encompass most of what parents are concerned about in our K-12 system. And we've also talked a lot about the three R's. Um, obviously, you know, reading writing arithmetic is what we'd like to see our schools focus on. But as an organization, uh, we sort of adopted another three R's into our mission statement. And that really is to reignite parents' interest in their kids' education and being involved in their local school community, um, to rebuild the trust between parents and teachers, and to return our K-12 system to a top-performing K-12 system in the nation. So some lofty goals, no doubt. I know Alpha News uh, journalist Hank Long has done some reporting on this, and this all falls in line with, with some of those goals. But f- so 15 of Minnesota's 28 largest school districts will hold school board elections this fall, representing some 1.7 million people and billions in, in tax dollars that they are, are stewards of. But give us an overview of some of the big school board races uh, to be decided uh, this November, November 7th. Yeah, and I just I want to revert back to mission again because I just as as you were saying this, it it occurs to me that sort of the second piece of the mission is not so much our mission, but it's the mission of public schools that I think we need to have a conversation about, and that's really what's driving I think a lot of candidates to step forward and run this year. Um, you know, if you were raised in Minnesota, uh, we we know how to do public schools well, or historically we've had good public schools. Um, but I think that we have drifted away from the original mission of our public schools. Um, and so the good news is we don't have to like fight with our friends and neighbors or engage in culture wars about what that mission is, because here in Minnesota, our state statutes actually codify that. Um, and so I've really tried to speak into, you know, parent groups and other people that are, are talking about how do we get K-12 back on track? Um, and, and return back to that original mission statement. Um, I really encourage your viewership and your, your listeners to like Google this. It's 120A.03. And I, I would not waste time in this interview if I didn't think this was important. The language in that statute is so critical to what is at stake here, I think, in our school board races, because as it is established, the mission of our public schools here in Minnesota is to empower and encourage and ensure individual academic achievement. That's literally number one, um, informed citizenry and a highly productive workforce. Um, so it's right there. So we don't have to engage in a debate about what are we driving at, because that is the mission of our public schools. And when we fund our public schools and we allocate tax dollars for that purpose, that is the mission that those tax dollars should be driving at. So I think that it, it's really useful to kind of recenter ourselves on why are we doing this? Why does this matter? So anyway, I'm glad you, you talked about missions right away because I do think that's really important. And yes, we do have a lot of races um, to watch this year, certainly fewer than we have in an even you know year election. But um, the ones that are, are on the ballot this year uh, represent some of the largest districts in the state. 
Um, and so I always, you know, when people are like, what's the big race this year? Well, the big race at, in terms of importance is the one that your, your kid, you know, the district that your kid is in. Um, I think they're all important. And I think that, um, you know, our districts uh, represent hundreds, usually thousands of staff and students and millions of tax dollars. Uh, in St. Paul's case, it's a billion dollars. So, you know, certainly they're all important from that perspective. But um, when you're just talking about, you know, the sheer volume of students, Minnesota's largest school district, the Anoka Hennepin School District, has a really important race this year. And they have an opportunity to change the composition of their school board to an achievement-focused, parent-centered majority, which would really afford them the opportunity to focus on policies and practices and advancing things that are going to help close the achievement gap. So certainly, um, you know, from my perspective, that's one to watch because it does represent so many students and staff and could certainly be a model and sort of a, a, a sign of hope, I think, if parents can really come together and unify and center themselves on that mission and really, um, you know, reelect some some leaders in their district, they're going to focus on that mission. I think that that would be um, that would be huge. And your group aims to make this easier for folks. You've put together this voter guide again with endorsements of parent-centered candidates. It looks like your organization has endorsed 44 candidates uh, this cycle. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. And what are you you seeing as far as uh, school board candidates uh, this time around? Uh, some, some of the quality, uh, it seems remarkable. People from all walks of yeah. life. Yeah, I guess dedication is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I'll be the first to say that watching these people make a decision to step forward and run and ultimately serve is a huge commitment. Um, and it is a true act of service. Um, this is no one's get rich quick scheme. And it's certainly, um, you know, they're carving out dedicated time and energy, time away from their own families. And really, this comes at a personal sacrifice to, to the people that are running. And um, it's because they realize what's at stake and how important it is for parents to regain a seat at the table. And talk about the pro-human pledge. Some people uh, have, have that label. What, what that means exactly? Yeah. So the pro-human pledge is actually language that was drafted and created by an organization called FAIR, Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. They're an organization that we love and we align with often. I think they have great messaging around defending civil rights and freedom of speech and um, talking about our shared humanity. And so that pro-human pledge is a way that people can just kind of further communicate their commitment to fairness and understanding and humanity, because we realize that our public schools are a place where everybody needs to be served. And I think it's really useful for candidates to be able to clarify that priority. I believe it's now more than 200 candidates or right around there that have thrown their hat in the ring to run for the more than 100 open uh, school board seats. And, and candidates are spending more money. Is that a concern you, you get as well going up against, you know, the, the education in Minnesota, really that, that huge machine uh, at work backing some candidates? Yeah, certainly um, people are, are stepping forward in big numbers, and that has resulted, I think just the, the attention generally in our local elections has resulted in people realizing that um, it takes money to run a campaign, and, and that's just the sad fact, you know, from the lower level elections all the way up to the top, and I think that um, certainly a big reason why our organization exists is because we recognized sort of back in the 2021 election cycle that the average parent that steps forward to run for a local school board seat is really up against a machine of opposition. And, and that comes in the form of teachers unions and special interests and, and politicians and other people that um, really seek to influence those local election spaces. So without at least the, the minimum that we can do in terms of helping to support and elevate 
elevate their campaign by by doing that voter education effort with the voter guide. Um, it's so challenging for parents to get their message out to fundraise and to do that on an, a really, really compressed timeline. Most of these individuals um, haven't made a decision to run for school board until August. Um, early voting, as, as many people know, starts September 22nd. Um, so they have literally less than a month to kind of get their house in order and, and start uh, getting their message out. We have had so many stories uh, as, as we go back back to school here uh, across the state. You know, the SRO uh, story so concerning for so many parents pulling out uh, these, these school resource officers um, after this this law uh, is is basically changed without letting anyone know. But some other some other stories we've been reporting on, uh, of course, the mainstream media seems to not do a very good job of of talking about a lot of these issues. But this was a teacher in the Osseo school district asking students to share their preferred name and pronouns on the first day of class and state whether they should be used when when contacting home. I'm sure a lot of these stories don't even surprise you anymore. But then, you know, even even in the story itself, it, it talks about how this is all a part of policy adopted uh, at the school board level back in 2021. And it really proves that that school board elections matter. Yes, they certainly do. And I think that, you know, one of our big points that we are trying to impress upon parents in communities and teachers is that we have to do the rebuild. We have to rebuild trust and, and these policies and practices and surveys and compelling kids to self-identify in front of their peers. That doesn't do anything to try to restore that relationship. It's starting to, to break it apart even more. And, and we really can't afford that at a time when we need parents and teachers to come together and come alongside their students and really help them succeed. I also wanted to point out that in your first year doing this, Minnesota Parent Alliance endorsed 120 school board candidates statewide. 50 of them ended up winning their races. What are your, your goals, your, your expectations this time around? Yeah, well, our goals obviously are to see as many achievement-focused, parent-centered candidates win this year as possible. Um, my expectations is that a lot of them will. I've been watching these candidates work so hard for the last few months to really get out there and um, make sure that the people in their community understand the importance and what is at stake. Um, I think that we are at a very pivotal moment in public education in Minnesota. And I think sort of on the one hand, you have, you know, these 44 certainly that we've endorsed and maybe there are others that um, are really driving at that same goal. Um, and then, you know, or we can continue to accept what is a really scary downward trajectory that's been driven by status quo leadership. And, and a lot of those, um, you know, individuals are really more focused on serving a political special interest type agenda rather than serving the families and the students in their district. So I think we're sort of at this crossroads moment. And I think the, the election in November will be really telling. Um, I think that Minnesota voters are awakened to what's going on. I think they're very aware. Um, you know, there's certainly been a lot more discussion about K-12 issues. And I think hopefully groups like ours and, and others that are trying to elevate, you know, the, the stories about our academic achievement decline. It's gotten the attention of Minnesota voters and the response that we've gotten to our voter guide and to our effort to get out into communities has been one of praise and thanking us for organizing and elevating this movement. So I think that we're expecting a really good result in November. We, we hope for that. All right. And as you mentioned, early voting begins September 22nd, Election Day, of course, coming up on November 7th. Also a reminder that we will have a link to your voter guide on our website. But Christine Troyan, thank you so much for all you do. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Liz. Thanks for your journalism. And that will do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.